after eight-year-old Maddie Clifton seemingly vanishes into thin air. Concerned community members of Jacksonville, Florida, band together in the hopes they'll track her down. Little did they know, she was much closer than they were led to believe. Hello, everybody, and welcome to True Crime Banter, the podcast aimed at bringing you your dose of murder relaxation. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. You wouldn't know. Maybe we can get in that story at some point in the future, but not this episode. didn't mean to bring that up. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the True Crime Banter Podcast. Uh, My name is Riley. Oh, we're doing intros. We are. Hi, I'm Christian. In case they don't know, we we run into situations where people don't know that Riley's the dude in this podcast. Yep. So, um, hi, how are you doing? I'm okay. I'm living life. I'm sipping on this champagne lemonade. Asking the listeners. Oh. That's awkward. Well, Can we maybe just leave a moment of silence for them to answer? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're doing good. Sorry to well, don't that guy interrupt, who's not Don't interrupt good. them. Sorry, Why are you interrupting sorry, them right now? <laughs> Anyways, um, before we get into our bit of banter, uh, I do want to let people know that I'm going to start leaving about a 15-second uh, like intro music clip as we lead into the actual case. Usually we try to keep this bit of banter within 10 minutes or so. Uh, If you guys want to just skip ahead to the case, hit that skip button a few times. Yeah, we're trying to please both parties, I think. Yeah, so we're going to have the bit of banter. A big following that enjoy it, and then an even bigger following that does not. I love the podcast, except for the banter part at the beginning. So, (laughs) Oops. (laughs) Anyways, yes, you guys, uh, guys, I'm like choking on my own saliva is that what they call it yeah i hate yeah, that word right. <laughs> um yeah feel free to skip ahead if you need to if you don't want to listen to the bit of banter and uh and if you want to we'll, feel like you have friends just let it keep playing well howdy <laughs> yeah howdy thanks for hey. answering how you guys are doing today yep. um i've got the case on deck for yep. today but That's I've right. also got the bit of banter on deck. Yeah, you're for today. Double fisting it over here. You, I told you, you, <laughs> you, <laughs> you are always like, I just don't know what to talk about for a I bit of don't. banter. I'm so bad. At and it. then we have these conversations right before we're recording. We are literally <laughs> talking to each other through the headphones, through the microphones. And I'm like, this is the perfect bit of banter, and you just choose. to... I don't see it as banter. I don't know. Well, I guess I see it like um what movie would you rather like what's the only movie you would take like to a desert island or ones? something? Yeah. Right. But you, versus I think, like you won't believe what this old lady said to me at work. True, like I don't true. know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you be nice to that old lady at work though. Um but what what I was gonna say is um I don't remember what I was gonna say. You were saying that I brought up something, right? Yeah, we this. we talked about something. Yeah. I was like it would have been a perfect bit of banter. Yeah. Maybe next time Maybe or some next other time. time. But I I'll do have the bit of banter. Organic. 
Yeah, Go super ahead. organic. <laughs> uh, anyways, my bit of banter for today. This was a few years ago, but I just saw it come up on YouTube for me recently. And it is Plessy, the P-A-L-E-S-S-I, oh. <laughs> which is like a high-end shoe retailer. I didn't even know that. No? No. Okay, well, neither did I. You're talking about the song thing. Uh, no. That guy. Oh, no. That is amazing, though. No. No, that's something completely oh. different. The Street General. Oh, my goodness. I thought I don't his even name wanna... was Plessy. Uh, Wait, I, don't... I thought that's what you typed in when you showed me that video. No. Wait, I'm no, so confused. This is something okay, completely tell me. Different. Anyways, Plessy, Scratch a high end shoe retailer okay. that you would find in, like, uh, not like strip malls, but like, I guess real malls where you would see, like, so coach like Macy's or... and Nordstrom's and stuff? Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Plessy, okay. and there was an, a news uh, crew that covered this retail store. And the reason there was a news crew is because all these people, you know, rushed to the grand opening of this high-end shoe retailer. Is this recent? Three years ago. Oh, okay. But, okay. I, again, I just Still. saw it recently. Yeah. And they bought these, like, $400, $500 shoes, like $600 heels. God. Like, and some of these shoes are, like... No offense, like really ugly. Oh yeah, there the was like a um, high high end fashion quote. Usually is not anything. Too yeah, great. yeah. Usually it's people who just don't understand. Well, and no offense, it's shit like that. Like Rihanna wears that was just so yeah, unbelievably crazy. weird and distracting that only someone like that can pull it's it off. Art. Yeah, is it's what it not is. normal people wearing. Yeah, they, it. there was this pair of shoes that looked like um uh like old man sneakers, like New Balances, <laughs> but they weren't even New Balance. They were just some <laughs> random off brand. And like super thick soles with like a weird. How do you cheat right? the system on this? Like, how do you skip past all the ugly shoes and make the same ugly shoe, but make it so expensive? How do you do that? Well, you put the price tag on it. That doesn't. So Payless can just start doing this. And people are gonna buy it. No. Did there's... you say Payless or Paylessy? <laughs> uh, Payless. Because dumb dumb. Wait. That's what this news story is about. Because it was Payless. Wait. Who rebranded their store as Paylessy? Are you fucking Put joking? Put giant price tags on it. And people actually went in and started buying these shoes, exact same shoes that were from Payless as this high-end You guys high can't see me right Pilesi. now, I'm speechless. My yeah. face is frozen. <laughs> so I. the best part about it, too, is that the news crew, they each person, they let them know uh, this is a Payless shoe. They told each news crew that? No, no, no. The news crew was there to tell the, the shoppers that actually spent this money on these high-end shoes that they waited this was after, a $35 shoe. Yeah. And then they gave them run, their money back and let them keep the shoes just to show that high-end shoe Wait, retail is what? fucking bullshit. What? Wait. Look it up. No, I believe you. This is just so dumb. Like, so this is all just to be like, uh, to show people how dumb they are? So Payless in, is really just out here to just burn everyone? In the early everyone? 2010s, YouTube would call it a social experiment where you do Who stupid shit. Who knew Payless shit. was so thought-provoking? Like, well, they have nothing better to do. All their shit's closed down now anyway, so. True, true. But yeah, I, I saw it. Like I said, that was like three years ago. renamed words. Ooh. Anything that even sounds like Payless. <laughs> just keep it. an eye out, guys. Pay a little more. We're not falling for this twice, okay? That's right. That's right. So yeah, I saw that and <laughs> I was like, once? I like it. <laughs> Shame on you. But a fooled man can't be fooled again. <laughs> 
Anyways, yeah, wow. that was a, that was a bit of banter. I've been holding on to that for like four days now. I need to take notes on like a good banter because I, I feel like I've heard of this. Stuff I, yeah, I will show you uh, like show the, me the, ways. the news crew coverage of yeah. this whole thing after after okay. the recording. But it actually might be kind of nice to like have a clip of it even with our post on Instagram, like a banter true. clip that like yeah. coincides with our banter. That's a great idea. If you guys or, think that's a good idea, um, leave a comment when we do that yeah. on this uh, case. We could even just have a separate small little clip on Instagram, like has something to do with the banter we talked about, and then another one's like the real post of the actual case. But uh, maybe we'll 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 discuss that. <laughs> we'll discuss that post recording <laughs> okay. or or pre posting. Okay. Pre posting post recording something like that. Yeah, can't, can't give away all of our secrets. So. That's right. Secrets of the trade <laughs> with cry and rye. <laughs> let's just let's just do it. Let's just get into the case. How 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 about that? This story begins on the evening of November 3rd, 1998. Eight-year-old Maddie Clifton darts out the front door, eager to play with her neighborhood kids. Maddie's mother, Sheila, yells to Maddie, make sure you're back in time for dinner. But little did Sheila know that would be the last time she would see her youngest daughter. Right away, as I was researching this case, uh, this brought me back to... I would say like a time of joy and innocence, I guess. Because uh, Maddie, she was born in 1990. And that would make her like a year, just over a year older than, I guess, both of us, you know. Yeah. And so I I know that um, experience or your experience might be a little bit different than mine. But I have a lot of memories of like spending hours on end outside with like neighborhood kids. Yeah, that's kind of what... When people make, well, not make fun of me, but when older people are like, oh, you're just young. And I'm like, no, I was, I was born at a good time right on the edge where we still like ate Otter Pops and went on Razor Scooters, but also like grew up with AOL and chat rooms. Like, right. Yeah, right on the, the verge. Best I got of, the best of both, right? Yeah. You yeah. got to, you got to experience and we can remember life before the internet kind yeah. of took over. Yep. So, like I, I put here, I remember, uh, uh, setting up like a mini baseball field out yeah. front in like the street using Frisbees yeah. as bases and having to go like check in with your mom like hey i'm still alive and then yeah. going back yeah inside. exactly yeah. 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 yeah and it was like if if the lights turn on uh that's when you need to be coming home pretty much yeah like, i didn't have the, any the street lights, lights. Online, but yeah oh well sorry i grew up in a fancy yeah it was fancy hella poor, but it's fine <laughs> well it's right, fine it's cool. we won't go there <laughs> it's fine but so anyway uh I, I feel like because of the whole stranger danger like phenomena that kind of happened uh and obviously the different outlets that kids have nowadays to reach out and be in contact with their friends. Those kinds of activities and like memories don't really get made nearly as often. Oh yeah. Like I, I just don't, it makes us sound old or makes me sound like an old person. I just don't see as many people 
outdoors. Well, it's just sad because you just can't trust anyone anymore. Right. Yeah. yeah. You, can't, I mean, you can't leave your kids unsupervised to go make those memories. Yeah. You can't leave yeah. them anymore. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, for any of our listeners that were born, um, I would say probably before the 2000s, even if you were late 90s, uh, while you're listening to this, try to put yourself yeah. back in that innocent mind of the child version of you because it makes this case that much more haunting. So dinner time for the Cliftons came, and Maddie was nowhere to be found. Her oldest sister, Jessie, hadn't seen her at all, and as one would imagine in this situation, Sheila's, or I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, Sheila, uh, her motherly instincts took over. And so she immediately dialed 911 and alerted the authorities of the missing eight-year-old, which I think could be considered, like, premature, but yeah, I guess it when you're a mom, I don't blame anybody for yeah. her. Especially if you know your kid, you know they're always here by this time or whatever. You yeah. Know? yeah. Now begins the search for Maddie Clifton. The first question to ask is, where was she last known to be at? And the answer to that is across the street at the Phillips household. Home to Steve and Melissa Phillips and their 14-year-old son, Josh. Now, despite the six-year age gap, Josh and Maddie were what I would call neighborhood best friends. So there wasn't a lot of kids around their age uh, that lived nearby in the neighborhood. So the two of them were found spending a lot of time just hanging out together. And how old was she again? I'm sorry. She was eight. He was 14. Yeah, that's a... Which is kind of... And so, so Maddie's older sister is 11. So it's kind of a three-year age difference between the three of them. Yeah, but when there's not that middle one around, that's really big difference. Yeah, pretty big difference. Like, especially between the different genders. Like, an eight-year-old yeah. girl and a four-year-old boy. Like, that's a really big. Yeah. She's playing with Barbies, and he's, like, looking at girls a different way now. You know? I agree. Like, and I don't know. The... Puberty and shit. Yeah, the Phillips family, they kind of felt like it would be nice if people Josh's age would move in. You know, oh, right. I mean, you he can't really, really have options. Yeah, you yeah. can't just be like, and especially back in the late '90s, you know, you didn't want your kids just sitting in front of a television playing True. video games. True, and I guess if nothing weird's happened, then like whatever. Yeah. yeah, and for for the most part, I mean, yeah, everything seemed fine between yeah. the two, okay. and is at this moment. Yeah. So in this instance, uh, Josh and Maddie they were last seen playing catch with a baseball in Josh's backyard. As Maddie's mom and sister break out the flashlights and recruit the help of their neighbors with the hopes of finding Maddie sooner, Josh Phillips steps outside and asks what's going on. Okay. When Maddie's mom and sister explain to Josh that Maddie never made it home for dinner, they proceed to ask if he had any idea or, I guess, a lead as to where Maddie might be. And, of course, he said no. She, you know, left to go back home a while ago. And as you could probably guess, that's when panic levels turn up to 11. What could have happened to Maddie in the time it took to walk across the street? I was going to say, and when you say across the street, you mean literally, literally across, across the street. Literally across the street. Okay, yep. just making sure. And then at this point, how far could she have gotten if someone had taken her? Yeah, right. Police, they didn't have a ton of leads. They spoke to Josh as he was the last person to have knowingly seen Maddie alive, 
And as the cops conducted a search of the Phillips household, the practically the entire neighborhood was banding together, screaming and calling out Maddie's name. The search continued on for six days and garnered national attention, including a spot on America's Most Wanted, which, as we've discussed before in previous episodes, like the John List case, which you covered, mm-hmm. uh, TV spots on these Most Wanted shows, whether it's Washington's Most Wanted, America's Most Wanted, um, they can help in solving, like, decade-old right. cold cases. There's people that die to be on that show. Yeah. Whose, like, loved ones have been missing. And, and they'll they'll write in, yeah. you know, every day or, I guess, nowadays, email and saying, hey, yeah. can it's you just put usu- this on? It's usually a matter of having enough information to put out there is what right. I've kind of gathered. Yeah, you can't just put anything out there yeah. not really knowing There's got to be kind of a backstory, yeah. So in those six days following Maddie's disappearance, a number of things happened. There was a $50,000 reward put up for her finding. The FBI stepped in and offered their assistance in the search. But certainly the most intriguing thing to happen is that there was one name that happened to fall into the laps of investigators. And by happened to fall into the laps of investigators, I just mean that they actually did their due diligence okay, good. and looked into the surrounding households of the Clifton residents. Okay. And what they found was a gentleman who had twice been arrested for sexual assault just a decade prior to Maddie's disappearance. Okay. The police then visit that man, and something seems just a little bit off about it. Yeah, him. it usually is. Yeah, they, it could be all the offending he's doing. Well, the it sexual could be. offending. I'm not going to make any assumptions, but this is obviously. I, I want to say obviously, but this is before the time where they kept like really big track of people that offended and right. stuff. Like you the didn't have to like register and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Okay, right. Yeah. So they bring him in for questioning and somehow convince him to take a polygraph test. And again, I feel like we mention it all the time. Uh, the the test doesn't really ever do anything. No. Like, it's, I never, we, we just don't advise it. No. Because if you pass the test, it doesn't prove that you're innocent. How many times have we seen, like, Netflix specials and stuff or, like, of these, like, cases where, like, people from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, like, like, these detectives and law enforcement people, and they're like, I knew he was guilty because <laughs> yeah. it came back that he yeah. was being deceptive. And I'm like, how about yes. he was just super you nervous because exactly. you probably just beat the shit out of him in private five right. minutes before this. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> what? We're not going to talk about what we did to get him to take the test, but I knew he it. was quite deceitful, <laughs> especially on question seven. <laughs> So, uh, again, yeah, and and so if you pass the test, it doesn't really prove you're innocent, but if you fail it, it gives investigators every reason in the world to basically uh, dig deep into your situation. And in this specific case, this mysterious neighbor took the polygraph test and failed miserably. And this is something we were watching a show just the other day. I don't remember what it was about, but it was like a, oh, it was a, the Chris Watts. The Chris Watts yeah. thing, yeah, yeah. And the gal that administered that polygraph test on Chris Watts. The FBI agent, yeah. Yeah, she said there's like, you know, if you're a negative four, that's considered being deceitful. Yeah. And Chris Watts was like a negative 20 or something. 18. 18. Yeah. And I'm like, 
what are you measuring? What levels of deceitfulness, you know? Well, is it I mean, if you look on, on the graph area, right? I mean, there's right, numbers yeah, it, you know, on dips it. and valleys. So and I'm guessing they're probably, whatever dips below a certain line, they're probably adding that each time it goes down. Right. And seeing like, I don't know, I'm just guessing. Yeah, I just, based I'm on like, the graph if you're a line, is it just like how big of a lie it is? You know, probably on the questions, right? Like certain questions, maybe like how big of the dip is on the negative side for a certain question. That's where I wonder is like, if it's a bigger lie, right? Does it actually dip lower to where you get to a negative eighteen, yeah. or if it's just like, what's what's your middle name? Just you, get a if lawyer, you get the wrong middle name, a is a it lawyer. only a negative two? I don't know. Yeah, that's where I'm right. like, how do you know how deceitful? Anyways, yeah. this guy, this neighbor, uh, this sexual assault. He was never actually convicted of it, but he was okay. arrested twice and okay. attempted to be charged twice. And they never actually convicted of him. Gotcha. Convicted him. But anyway, yeah. uh, he failed it miserably, okay. which is great. Yeah. Know. However, through further questioning and investigation, this man did have an alibi as to where he was the evening of Maddie's disappearance and his ab- alibi yeah. absolutely checked out. Yeah, that's tricky. Cause if- yep. Yeah, you already like are probably this nervous is our guy. because you're being maybe you thought whatever happened, whether you're innocent or not, was probably put behind you. Right. And then now you're like potentially being framed or yeah. maybe going to be and framed for something. Like I would be nervous too. This would and be an imagine easy if person he did, to pin was this doing, on. He was doing something else illegal or maybe like yeah. he was being, you know, Exactly. Um, this shady is where this is where you really this. have to make sure that like the police are doing their job and not just being like, oh, this guy would be a great person to pin this yep. on. And, and so this is yeah. the prime example of why a polygraph test. But also making sure that you um do the actual work of really making sure the Diving alibi in. checks out. Yeah. Like not just being like, oh yeah, he had it, so we have to move on. Right. Yeah. How many if there's times cameras, have cases can you see later cameras for, yeah. been like, oh, he actually didn't have an alibi and we just didn't check it out. Right. This has happened. Yeah, many yeah. Time. They're just like, oh yeah, he said he was here and we asked his work and they said he was there. Yeah, but he and then when check they checked the, the video card or it's whatever like, yeah, it oh, wait, is. Yeah. He never showed up. Wait a oh. Awkward. Yeah. <laughs> so here we are, six days into the investigation police officers and neighbors alike, doing whatever they can in hopes of tracking Maddie down. One promising lead that's already fallen through. Michelle Phillips is cleaning up around the house when she goes into Josh's room and notices quite a foul odor. Now, Josh's room was filled with incense and candles, which if anybody's been in like a small space with like multiple different... Um, sense or sources of sense like that i could imagine it smells terrible i wonder if this is normal for him to have this amount of like foofy stuff in his room he's a 14 year old boy right yeah and you or know what who knows if he's like... going into the age of like trying to impress girls yeah then true you know maybe he wants anything and everything to smell good so you just buy every candle in the world and light them all <laughs> and obviously if you add in the fact that he's a 14 year old boy living in his room it probably just isn't going to smell good in general right uh but even with all of that factored in michelle she felt like it might have been something worse than just the mixture of smells yeah you see josh he actually slept on what looks to be maybe like a twin-sized waterbed okay and retro yeah yeah it I, I put here for those of you too young to know, uh, water beds are exactly what they sound like. <laughs> a bed filled with water. 
And uh, I like I put here, imagine like a blow up mattress, but instead of it being filled with air, it's filled with water. Wow, love that. <laughs> like that's exactly, <laughs> you know, and, and I remember growing up, I thought they were like the coolest Me things too. ever. I was I like, remember. this is amazing. We all had like, a friend or a relative that had, that had, had one. Yep. Yeah. And you were like, what do I need to do to get and this? And not only did you like kind of jiggle and like float around and roll, but like it had a sound. Yes, like when yeah, you would move. Yeah. 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 Anyway. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Thank you. Actually been, I've been working on it. <laughs> <laughs> so the problem with waterbeds though, similar to the same reason that a lot of apartment complexes don't allow you to have massive fish tanks, is that they pose the risk of leaking. And I could just imagine the amount of water damage that could be caused from a leak in waterbed. Oh, God, yeah. Or if I don't, just completely exploded. Yeah. So I don't water. know if you if you um, uh, measure the comfort and compare it to the amount of damage, if it's really worth the risk of doing that. And so, uh, so here's Michelle wondering what this weird, awful smell is in Josh's room. And you know, suspecting the fact that maybe there's like a, a leak in the waterbed. Maybe there's something rotting because oh, of this yeah, water, yeah, that like makes still sense. water. Yeah, I could see that. And uh, we'll try to post a picture of Josh's bedroom because it's, I think, what you would think of every 14-year-old boy's room. Yeah. an absolute fucking mess. Yeah. Like clothes everywhere, you know, garbage on the ground, basically what you get yelled at for constantly yeah. if you're not, if you're not being maybe told Maybe he to was hoping up. the candles and incense would make up for it. Well... Maybe so. I think we're on to something. So, Michelle, she steps forward into the center of the room. She bends down and inspects the backside of the waterbed, pushed up against the bedroom wall. Mm. Nothing. Okay. She moves towards the headboard of the waterbed, searching for any possible leak or maybe just some food. Left somewhere to rot. And nothing. Now, let me ask you, and I think you probably already know, hmm. where would be the next place you search for a possible leak from the waterbed? What did you already say? Behind the headboard and I where? I said behind the headboard and uh, behind the, the bed pushed up against the wall, so like the back side of the bed. Well, actually under it. Right. Yeah. And under it... She began to search, and before she could even lift the bed up, what did she see? The small foot of Maddie Clifton just barely sticking out from below. Michelle immediately left the room, ran outside the house, and across the street, she saw two things. First, police officers still working on this case, trying to figure out where the hell Maddie is. And second is Maddie's family. A family still holding out hope that somewhere out there, Maddie's still alive and that they're going to find her and bring her home. I feel like I would have just barfed. Well, she, Michelle, she knew what she had to do. Yeah. And she pulled the officers to the side, led them across the street, and stood outside as the officers investigated the newfound crime scene. Yeah, good thinking. Like, I would not want to be the one to, like, pull it out or anything yeah. to be, like, I don't know. If she knew immediately, right? She's mm-hmm. like, this could be no one else kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, the, the pit in your stomach yeah. the moment you see that. It's that quick math, right? Yeah. yeah. Fuck. 
While all of this is happening, Josh is at school in the middle of one of his classes. And at the end of the school day, before Josh could even make it out on the bus to lead himself home, police were right there ready to arrest him. He was taken into custody and the interrogations began. So, quick little backstory on the situation. Uh, Josh claims that his dad, Steve, was an abusive alcoholic with the temper to match. And this will come into play as Josh begins to describe the events of this evening. So on the evening of Maddie's disappearance, Josh says that Maddie comes over and asks to play catch. And Josh, of course, says, sure, why not? During this game of catch, Maddie was accidentally hit in the face with the baseball. And this, of course, is not nearly enough force to kill Maddie in any way. However, I could imagine, I mean, especially when you factor in the strength difference of a 14-year-old boy and an 8-year-old little girl, like, even if you threw the baseball at my face, that's going to be painful. Oh, yeah. And so Josh, she, he explains that Maddie began screaming in pain. And here's where that little note about his father, Steve, comes in. Uh, Josh, at this moment in time, was home alone with Maddie. And the house rules were that no friends were to be over without a parent home. So Josh, already knowing that he wasn't supposed to have Maddie in the backyard, began to fear the consequences he would face knowing that he not only had her over, but also ended up injuring her. So as Maddie lay on the ground, screaming and crying, Josh attempts to pick her up and ends up just dragging her into his bedroom. In his bedroom, he attempts to get her to stop screaming, first via strangulation with a telephone cord. And when that didn't work, he grabbed his baseball bat and started beating her in the head. He then shoved her under his bed, seemingly just in time before his dad got home. After a short conversation with his dad, Josh feared that Maddie could still be hurt, and her nearly lifeless body clung on to survival, involuntarily moaning in pain. So Josh did the only thing that made sense, and he did pull Maddie out, from under his bed, grabbed his pocket knife, and stabbed Maddie over ten times to her chest. Dear God. With the addition of cutting her throat as well. Josh then continued for nearly a week straight to sleep above the dead body of his missing neighbor. He went to school each day as if nothing was wrong, and the only reports from people around him in those six days is that he seemed a little bit quieter than normal. And his mom, Michelle, she says she could just chalk that up to the fact that one of his friends is missing. Now, when Maddie was found, she was found with her clothes partially removed. However, after inspection, there was no signs of any sexual assault that took place. Josh claims that the clothes fell off in the dragging process of moving Maddie from the backyard to his room. Okay. Though investigators say the evidence says otherwise. Okay. So there's yeah. not conflicting reports. But not confirmed either. Exactly. Yeah. So okay. th- that's something that's kind of up in question. 
Now, there's also reports that just a half hour before he hung out with Maddie, Josh's internet history, and I thought for a second, I was like, internet history, and this is the late 90s, so there was internet access. Oh, it's the late 90s? Why mm-hmm. did I think this was 89? 99. Well, 1998, actually. Oh, weird. I'm so sorry. I thought you said this was the late 80s before. I'm so sorry. I thought you said 89 at the beginning of this. Sorry. She was born in 1990, so maybe that. Anyways. Oh, maybe that's what it was. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sorry so, about that. so there, okay. there is the internet. So yeah. Okay. And I guess there is an internet history. Yeah. So, like I was saying, there's reports that just a half hour before he was hanging out with Maddie, Josh's internet history was showing that he was watching violent pornography that, quote unquote, involved minors. Okay. So maybe this portrayed is not minors at all. Okay. No. And, even worse, that he then revisited the same website later that same night, even after she had been murdered. Now, I wasn't able to find a ton of information supporting this, but there were multiple sources that brought this up. So, I would like to hope it's not somebody just adding info to spice up a story like this. right. I would think that, I mean, this is, uh, yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I would you like would, to be positive, yeah. but again, I don't. I couldn't confirm it. Also, couldn't deny it. Yeah. So the trial for Josh Phillips began on July sixth of nineteen ninety nine. It lasted two days, and it took only two hours for the jury to find him guilty of murder. But here is where things are interesting in this case, and where even after the national attention that it received from Maddie's initial disappearance. The trial itself seemed to garner just as much attention. Because he's a minor? Correct. Yeah. And although Josh was only 14 years old, just prior to the murder, the state of Florida changed their laws, allowing minors to be charged as adults in the case of murder sentences. Interesting. And not only that, they were able to charge him, and they convicted him, to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Wow. Now, because he was a minor, they could not pursue the death penalty. Yeah. And prosecutors say they would have if he was an adult. Okay. But that is where right. he could get life without parole. But Florida not be don't charged. play, man. No. Florida and Texas. Now, since this sentencing, though, uh, the federal government made it illegal to charge a minor, or I guess sentence a minor to life without parole. Okay. You have to give them the possibility of parole. Okay. Which opened up a number of resentencing dates for Josh. And it took years on years of it getting pushed back and rescheduled and pushed back. But in November of 2017, wow. Josh. A really long time. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, so 18 years 18. later, Josh Damn. had his first resentencing trial. I guess you would call it that. He would have been 30 something, right? Yep. 32? 35, I think. 34. 14 uh, no, plus 18? Yeah, you're, yeah 33, 34. Something like that. 32. Anyways. Anyway. <laughs> he was not granted parole. Oh. So he is still in prison, but he okay. does have another resentencing date scheduled for 2023, where he obviously is hoping to show that he's learned a lesson and... I mean, hopefully they're doing some kind of, like, 
therapy. Rehabilitation. Dear God, yeah. through all this, or just like hoping he turns yeah, out okay? Yeah, he's, he's, he finishes, you know, high school learning and, and got his GED in prison. And, Great. Um, he's helping teach things. And, awesome. You know, Hopefully the, they have him on meds or a psychiatrist. Yeah. Like, I don't give a fuck if you graduated high school. I hope you're talking to someone about demons in your life. Right. And so that is where, even now... I mean, especially as we're, you know, a year away from his next resentencing is how do you, obviously we're not paid to, you know, judge. We're not judges. I do it for free all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, how would, how would you approach this case? Like if he shows, you know, not good behavior, but maybe rehabilitation, if he's shown that he's grown, I mean, cause he's. He went from being a 14-year-old, he's now 38 years old. Yeah. And so in those 24 years, if if he's shown, I mean, it, that's where it's so difficult because you can't mean. take a 14-year-old and what they've done because obviously an adult is going to show growth. In 24 years, you're going to show growth and whether it's um, believable or, or true or not, yeah. you you're going to show the ability to show that you've grown or, or, or gain the ability to be like, I realize. And even in his first resentencing back in 2017, he, for the first time publicly, I guess, apologized to the family. Yeah. He, he wrote, you know, a letter to them and showed emotion and that he was resentful for what he did and he values life. And so it's a tough case, I feel like, to be like, okay, you know, he's he's one of the people that has rehabilitated and should be let out into the public, even on parole. Should you let him out into the public again? This is all, this is a big question for not knowing how much therapy he's had this whole time. Right. You're, just like you said, at this age in his life, he's going to show some kind of quote unquote growth. I don't know what you're labeling that as. I don't know what I would label that as. I don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. I, If you're talking about that he has gotten taller and he knows how to I mean, get himself ready for bed every night and he knows that you can't kill people, that's against the law. These are all very basic things that you would learn in or out of prison right. as a grown-up. I don't, you don't get points for that. That's just something that happens when you gr- get older. You just happen to be growing old in prison. Yeah. You're just learning these exact same things that a 14-year-old would learn from ages 14 to 30-something, however old he is, in prison. I would like to know if you actually know what you've done and if you've been treated for it. I don't know if he has. If you're waiting to do this now in his 30s, See, keep him in there. And that's where if the difficulty... Been, if he's been getting treatment this whole time, okay. But you need to keep tabs on this motherfucker. Obviously, he has and, to register like right. everything. Yeah, he's going to have a, a parole officer yeah. and I'll have to check into it. Yeah. Maybe the, he will have to have, you know, weekly, um, uh, oh gosh. Like what, check-ins and stuff, Not maybe? Not just check-ins, but um, wow, I'm just blanking. What, okay. You were just talking about uh, therapy. Oh, Maybe yeah. weekly therapy sessions yeah. as to, you know, like showing that he's... For the rest of your life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so if there's any red flags that pop up in therapy, you know, they can alert his yeah. PO and say, hey, we should probably reevaluate him or... But that's the thing is I'm 100% on board with that. And yet you still have the people that show growth in that sense. 
that then re-kill or oh yeah re-offend right and that is i mean obviously the challenge of i don't think you have a lot of people that are in therapy from age 14 to 30 something that then go and kill and people yeah i don't think so i think but that's it's where definitely possible yeah and that is where you don't get a lot of cases like this so you don't really right. have the data to back exactly. up either way yeah and that's what i think that's why this case still has some questions to it yeah it's all these motherfuckers that keep getting let out after like they get sentenced to 20 years they get out in four years because they just didn't stab anybody in prison somebody again yeah they just keep doing it yeah do the same shit yeah i think you really gotta look too at like what is the validity of the whole dad the whole dad thing right was his dad actually abusive so there was uh, a Did lot of really questions about that. Did he really do this out of fear? But then what's the porn thing about? Why That's are you mad at 14 years old? It is only Josh's report that his dad was an abusive alcoholic. Right. Michelle, the, his, his mom, d- does explain that, yeah, he he was abrasive, you know, and maybe demanded a lot, but he wasn't the abusive father that Josh was trying to point him out to be. And yeah. unfortunately, I mean, That's there's tough. there's reports that say Anne, Anne Michelle, you know, chose to stay married to him after all of this, well, which even if he's an abusive person, she probably is going to, yeah, especially back in that, that day. Yeah, that doesn't mean much to me. But not only, or not even like a year or so after he got convicted, um, his dad died in like a car accident. Oh, God. So you can't really look at, you know. Yeah. Also, the, too, when they're saying that there was a uh, pornography that was looked up and stuff mm-hmm. this was on whose computer his computer Josh? or i guess the home computer that's what i'm saying like how yeah do we know who was looking yeah. that up too like, yeah and i I, I wouldn't want to read like i said because i wasn't able to fully find supporting evidence i don't want to read too much into the yeah. pornography but well you got to read a little you bit have into to. it yeah, it's yeah very specific yeah and the timing around the actual murder and the fact that it, like, kind of pertains to the victim type. Yep. Like, that's weird. Yeah. That's weird to me. Anyway. No, I agree. That's I agree. I, it's just one of those things where if I, I couldn't fully yeah. validate it, I don't want to give it too much. But it's something, if you want to look into it more, you know, if any listeners yeah. have more info about it, then, then yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, this is a very... And you knew as soon as... uh. Gosh, right before I even started talking about the case, you knew exactly what the case was. Yeah. Because this is one that, I don't know, it is, it'll stick with you. A lot of people say the uh, body under the waterbed case yeah, or something like that. that's how I remembered it. Which, yeah, very memorable. But I, I just find, you know, now that we're 20 yeah. years past it, that the, the cases or the, the sentencing itself, yeah. how do you give justice to someone who did this, but also it was a fourteen-year-old boy, who, you know, it's just so hard to no. To I know judge. that's what I'm saying. That's why I was like, I hope he's been getting therapy this whole time. You can't just stick a kid. Yeah, and then you add in the fact that he was very nonchalant about it all. Yeah. They, afterwards. Yeah, and this isn't like a whole like a uh, this kid is stealing cars in the neighborhood and shit. Like no, it's just your yeah. This is so far beyond that. Now I will say. uh doctors they did a brain scan of him and they noticed like abrasions on his frontal lobe okay which i guess um 
helps your decision making in modes of panic or stressful situations which you know if is this the fight or flight part of the brain it sounds like it yeah yeah like what do you decide to do frontal cortex yeah and and what you know if he did have issues with his you know mentally yeah and that's where it's like if that's something on the inside and he can't control that then do you risk you know then at that point as much as in control as he wants to be you don't know what he's going to be like if he's ever put in another situation like that exactly and that's also do you risk it he was just the ticking time bomb at that point whether it's her or not and and my eyes would still be a ticking time bomb also too i mean i would bet anything if we really 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 went deep in this and if we could somehow go back in time and interview people he had some other signs before this. signs yeah whether he was hurting like little cats or something around the neighborhood or something well that's the thing that like, people invest they looked into that he was never abusive towards animals that but you're right of, yeah, that yeah if this kid's got unsupervised time and his parents aren't home. True. You don't think he's out in the woods. What he's doing, yeah. Yeah, you just don't know. I mean, freaking Jeffrey Dahmer's cutting off cats' heads and putting on sticks and shit. True. You don't yeah. know. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, that's eight. That, that's eight. Oh. That's it. That is the case of Maddie yeah. Clifton. Yeah, the only reason, not the only reason, but a big reason I remember that one. Um, some of them stick around in my brain and some of them don't, but I remember... Hearing it a few different times, not a lot, so I'm actually glad you covered it because I don't remember too many people covering this one, but I do, the part that stuck with me was the mom going under the bed. There were some other places that it said that she went mm-hmm. under there and she actually grabbed the foot thinking it was a pair of dirty socks and she okay. felt right. that it was solid and she like freaked out and ran downstairs, of course, you know, yeah, and I'm calling well... the husband and like I just remember it's, you know, you can tell it different ways, but I remember like that part really stuck yeah. that she grabbed a and kid's we foot will, um we will w- when we post this on instagram there's going to be a definite graphic warning because there yeah. is um more recently images of the crime scene where you can see the foot sticking oh, out weird which is that. weird yeah it is very weird to see yeah um it's not graphic in a sense that like uh, well yeah it's a foot but, but yeah, yeah it's still a dead person's foot yes, or dead exactly. kid's foot yeah so, Damn. and they, to make things worse, if it could get worse, you know, like they showed her hand, not showed her hand. They said that her hand, there was evidence of like claw marks yeah, um, or her clenching onto the bedpost showing that she was still alive at some point while being under yeah. the bed. So, Damn. yep. Wow. I don't, I don't want to say, you know, I mean, obviously fuck you, Josh, for oh, yeah. doing it. Yeah. I just... It's weird. You can't be like you're a piece of shit, and then but yeah. Hopefully, God know. help. Yeah. 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 Damn. But yeah, that's the case. I hope. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, once again, for the thousandth time, you're welcome. Feels weird to say thank you for <laughs> you this, are but so thanks welcome. for te- thank you. You know what I'm gonna say is thank you for telling a story. That's yeah. what I'm gonna say. Thanks here. for telling me. That's a story what I'm here today. for. Your dose of murder relaxation. Yeah, I don't know if that one was very relaxing, but well, yes, anything involving kids. But yeah, true. Yeah, very true. Yeah. Anyways, okay. um, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope everybody else who is listening enjoyed it. If you did, yeah. go on to Spotify and leave a rating and Apple Podcasts ratings, reviews, ratings, Instagrams, ratings. Yeah, follow, also let likes, us know. Talk to us. <laughs> please we're desperate please let us know too if there's any other funky things you've heard of kind of like the palessi oh yeah <laughs> if there's palessi. any other like weird social experiences you've be. heard of yeah there yeah. has to be but you know what you bring them to us because i don't want to go look it up so i'll find them just bring them to me 
I will bring them to you. For you. Anyways, okay, that's it. Uh, thank you guys for listening, joining, and... Catch you on the flippity flip. <laughs> Adios.